Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. Whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR. We've got a great show for you today. And before we get to that, just want to remind you that you can head on over to DVRpodcast.com. Check out all our great podcasts. We've got a new Mindhunter in the can. Heath and I covered Season 2, Episode 5 of Mindhunter. And I'm going to be releasing that very soon. That's just one of the many shows we cover. But today I've got a great guest. Gene is here. We're going to be talking about our Facebook brackets, some TV, all that good stuff to keep your mind off the COVID and the impending doom of the entire universe imploding upon itself. But until we do that, let's say hi to Gina. Gina, how you doing? Hey, Axel. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on and giving me this break from COVID life. Yeah, we live in the COVID life. It's uh, it's a new kind of lifestyle, but as we were talking before we uh, started with the show, it does give you a lot of time to watch a little different TV and catch up with home life and do, I know you do a lot of hiking and stuff like that. And uh, I've been doing a lot of bike riding, just staying safe. And I do want to say, please wear your mask, people. If we yes. work together, we can get through it. Wear your mask. That's my public service announcement. But um, I don't know. What, what, you, what you been up to, Gina? So in addition to the hiking, um, I've started doing more in my garden. I kind of started with a bumper crop of apricots I had on my tree. I think I pick, picked off 40 pounds by the time I was done. <laughs> um, okay. And so, Yeah. A lot of jam and I froze a lot and then I traded a lot for like starter plants for like tomatoes and watermelon and all sorts of things so so yeah that kind of started my garden and I've been um working on that and um yeah and watching some tv and doing too you know it's just kind of quiet nice activities I guess yeah, yeah. Just keeping it light, keeping it keeping it near the home. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. Um, actually, I wanted to catch up on some things. I did want to say, you know, um, we've made the decision that we are not going to be sending our kid to school. My son Lachlan, who I sometimes talk about here on the show. So just an update on the podcast itself, I will be probably keeping the same schedule, like maybe one pod a week and trying to drop. Thanks to Anna, Anna in Indiana. Thank you, Anna, who sent me a USB full of all the remaining lost mythos that I had lost. 
and uh, sh- like shows like Donald is Lost and Alex's show and all these other great Lost shows that I want to try to put back on so you might see some of them popping up in the feed. But I'm going to be a teacher uh, come September, so not going to really be going back to the three pods a week. So I just want to kind of let everybody know about that. And, you know, I'm sure you'll all be understanding, but we have been getting some new film lists. Heath has dropped a couple and the last one was fantastic. I loved it. Um, and I've also been watching some TV. I wanted to mention first thing I watched is, and I don't think you saw this Gina is dirty. John season two. They did the Betty Broderick story. Yeah, I've seen this advertised, but I have not started watching it yet. So is it is it worth it? Uh, well, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. This was something interesting <laughs> to me. <clears throat> Excuse me, as I begin my sermon. I thought that Amanda Pete and Christian Slater, and really this whole thing is Amanda Pete. I mean, I hope she gets an Emmy or something for this because she was absolutely spellbinding, fantastic. She's always been a great actress, but she just inhabits this role and she plays it perfectly. Christian Slater plays the husband. He plays it perfectly. But overall, it's like, I think it was eight episodes and it probably could have been four episodes with the way they wrote it because I wasn't, are you familiar with that story? You know, I kind of have like a vague recollection of it, but I'm not familiar with it the way I was with the story of dirty John season one, just because I had listened to the dirty John podcast that they had then made into the TV show. So not, I, I kind of remember hearing about it, but I'm not as, you know, uh, I'm not as on top of the details for it. So, well, see, that was kind of the issue with me is that I was not familiar with it. I'm usually kind of pick up on these, you know, big cases that happen. But for some reason now my wife was, and I think what it was is it was a famous case where, um, they felt the, I don't know how much I should spoil. I mean, I, I, I guess I won't spoil it, so I won't get into it, but I'll say that, <laughs> The show doesn't really ha- doesn't really take a side. It tries to remain kind of almost neutral to to the yeah. situation, and in doing that, it loses like a real interest of the audience. It never really captures you. They don't. It's not until like the last couple episodes that they really let Amanda Pete kind of fully take over the character it should i almost imagine if ryan murphy had done this it probably would have been brilliant because he always he doesn't uh, try to stick to like a documentary style he kind of he says i'm making a tv show so it's going to be a little outlandish you know right there was just no there was no pizzazz to it there was nothing that grabbed you and I think I would watch it for a man to Pete. I'd be interested to hear what your opinion is if you watch it. Cause she was great, Okay, but it just, I don't know. Is that important to you when you like were watching like the OJ thing, or we had talked about when they do the, um, uh, the Clinton impeachment one, we want to cover it. 
Is it yeah. important to you that it's factually correct or is it impo- more important to you that they're telling a good story as a TV show? Well, I mean, and I think, I think this, and I want to bring up assassination of Gianni Versace as well, um, which was also a Ryan Murphy, which, you know, OJ, I feel like knew so many of the facts that it was just kind of rehashing, but told in a really great story. I, I'd like to have it as fact possible, but I think there are some instances where you don't really like with assassination of Gianni Versace and Andrew Cunanan, like you really don't know what that guy was thinking the whole time, but he put it together in a way that was just like, wow, what a raging psychopath this guy was. And you kind of got a sense of it from his upbringing and his father was kind of psychopath too. So, um, I mean, I kind of want it to be a good blend of both, I guess. Um, I could see that. I, I've, I, I like that. I think that uh, down the line where sometimes you sacrifice a little truth to engage the audience. And then sometimes you have to, put something that's truthful that might not be as interesting or in keeping with the way you want a certain character or situation to go, you know, like you say, Oh, if we took this and put this at a different location, it would be cooler. But then you say, well, if you do that, you're really kind of misleading people of what really happened, you know, because that location is important. So I agree with you. I think it's got to be down the line. I think that they, it seems to me, and I'd have to do some more research in it, really sacrificed, always made the decision to go with something more truthful, that they could have somebody mm. testified to that rather than something that was interesting because it just was, it was a little bit like they do the first two episodes and you're like, okay, I get it. And then they literally could have just jumped to the last two episodes the middle four mm, episodes yeah. are kind of just repeating their journey in detail. So I think that if they had spiced it up a little bit, uh, it could have been better. But, you know, what are you going to do? I still think it was worth it to watch Amanda Pete. Now, something else that we both watched, and I absolutely love this, and I wonder if you loved it too, is the Will Farrell Eurovision movie on Netflix. Yes, and I have to say... I turned it on thinking, oh, this is going to be like so like funny and stupid. It's just what I need right now. But I loved it so much because it actually had a lot of heart. Yes. Thank crying. you. I was crying at her final performance at the end. And it was so moving. <laughs> and I don't, I just, I don't know. It was great. You know, and then of course they did have the stupid silly with the ya ya ding dong song, but um, that kind of like also made it like they were, it was, I don't know. It just had so much heart. I really loved it. I'm I'm so glad that you said that. Yep. We totally agree. I did the same thing. I was like, you know, the COVID was getting me down a little bit. It was kind of hot. I was like, I want to laugh, you know, and I, I just love Will Farrell. I think he's just so funny. And the, and like you're saying, the reason why I always love him is because of his big goofy smile. He makes you feel just a little bit lighter. You know what I mean? Just he's cute, right? He's like a yeah. big, cute yeah. g- buffoon. And uh, 
this really kind of caught me off because in the beginning it was like a little bit more serious. I could see the direction that they were going. Um, but then they balance it out with the humor and the heart really takes even Dan Stevens as you can't really call him a bad guy. He was actually turned out to be a good guy. He never really does anything bad in the movie, uh, where he's like the Russian singer. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was great. I mean, the whole thing was just so weird and really, I guess if anything, the only the bad guys were, I guess, like, well, I don't want to give it away, but there's right. there, there's kind of a bad guy, but they really that's not a big part of the movie. It's more about her finding her voice and them finding love. And I just thought yeah. it was so silly and funny and all the stuff with the Euro. Are you a fan? Have you watched Eurovision before? You know, I have not watched it before, but I used to work with a lot of people from the UK that like would talk about Eurovision all the time, particularly when an idol kind of came into the fray and they're like, yeah. American Idol, Eurovision's <laughs> way better, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I was just familiar with it from, uh, you know, a very basic knowledge standpoint, but no, I've never watched it. Um, yeah. But it seems interesting the way they give the votes. That was another part that really choked me is when they were doing the voting after the that performance. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. This, this movie, I mean, it is kind of, in a way, it's like that paint by numbers comedy thing where you're you're thinking, how are they going to get out of this situation or how are they going to advance this plot? And then the way they do it is they just do it. Like people just decide, all right, we like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's really no sense to it. It just keeps, and then you're like, okay, fine. Who cares? It's a fun movie. And it just keeps on. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's a really sweet and funny movie. Um, every, the Eurovision thing for me, I don't know, maybe it was about, uh, I don't know. It was when I, gosh, it was when I was living in Jersey city. So it was pretty long time ago, at least 10, 15 years ago. I remember I was in some bar or something. I don't know if I was hanging out here. It might've been a shoot or something. And somebody mentioned it and I started paying attention to it. And it's just so campy and outrageous. And it, at, at some points it's like really chaste, but then it's also like ridiculously over sexualized and it it's so weird. It's just, you have to see it to believe it. And they re you know, I heard this interview with Will Farrell and Bill Simmons, and he was saying that like, they really had the participation of Eurovision. They were part of it. Like, so <laughs> It, the whole thing just worked, and I have to say Netflix is just killing it because this thing just dropped. I hope people go and watch it because as far as all these uh, pantheon of Will Farrell funny movies, it belongs in. I thought it was great, and Rachel McAdams was fantastic. Yeah, she was, she was great. Um, I really enjoy her in spite of my first introduction to her being me, where she was just so awful. She was but um, I really enjoy her as an actress. Yeah, that was um, a good one. Yeah, and they made a really cute couple. Like it was they like did. that could work. That could totally work. 
I think there's an age difference though, but maybe I just think that she's that much younger than him, but maybe they're around the same age. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a number, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> age is just a number. Um well, one more kind of uh uh, across the pond thing, but it's also here. And I know you haven't been watching this, but I wanted to give a shout out because next month, Peter from Australia is going to come on the show and we're going to talk about married at first sight, Australia and the new married at fight first sight us premiered just this week. And I just wanted to give a quick shout. I know that I'm like, I'm a host of the podcast and I love reality and like, uh, and every, nobody likes it except for me. <laughs> like, I'm like a lone person watching these cheesy reality shows. Um, but you know, uh, this is a really fun show. If people, especially the Australian one and what I, what I really am looking forward to talking to Pete about is the difference between the Australian version and the U S version and the way the kind of gender roles are played out and the way different types of behavior are like, um, triggers in the United States and Australia, how they're so different. I mean, I could, I almost feel like somebody could write a dissertation about this, but anybody who's watching those, I suggest it's on uh, Lifetime. Check it out. They're airing both of them. And I hope that there's going to be more reality shows. And I know that a lot more TV shows that uh, have played overseas first are now playing out here in the U.S. because of COVID. But this, I hope this trend continues because I think it's actually good for people in America to see these kind of reality and weird shows from other countries because we're so like used to watching ourselves on it. When you see the other country, you realize like these stark differences that are just kind of, you can't, it's like, why are they that it really makes you examine yourself. Why are they so much smarter than we are? And why? <laughs> are they yeah. Why are they wearing masks? There might be something to that reality TV shows across the world and how it relates to how people handle the COVID pandemic. I'm telling you, cause I'll, I'll tell you, well, the thing I noticed is just, I went into watching the Meredith first sight, Australia thinking having a little bit of a bias perhaps against our thinking that Australian men like the outback Australia, mm-hmm. right that they were yeah, going to be have a bad rap for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like more cl- emotionally closed off. And immediately I didn't think that was true at all. I found the guys, I was like, wow. I'm like, they, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever heard men on an American show be so vulnerable, but may, but then I started to learn like, maybe, you know, it's just like, there's trends Maybe they're acting that way for the cat. Because then as it went on, everybody's kind of the same. But it was really interesting. I just wanted to kind of bring that up. And I look forward to having Peter on to talk about. I'm also going to have July 26th, Andy from Reality Blurred, which is a website that I've been going to for like 
geez, I think it's his 20th anniversary of having the site. And I've been going, I mean, at least 15, 20 years going to that site. I'm going to have him on to talk about reality TV in general. And he's got some great insights. Um, I'm looking forward to that. What else we got before we got to the brackets? Uh, oh, another reality thing is The Bachelorette is filming. So Sarah and I will be back to cover that on Batch It Up. Um, they're doing a uh, like an NBA-style bubble where they just put every – they test everyone and then they move into like a big uh, spa, hotel, whatever it is, yeah. resort. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I wish Survivor was doing that. Yes. I'm really they aren't. Um, that seems the most natural one to do it that way too, because they're half of them are outdoors most of the time. So it's you know, um Yeah, I don't that, know. That's something that I want to ask Andy about is um what were the real handicaps to doing that because I definitely thought they were going to do Survivor. Maybe it has to do with the location in Fiji or something or. Yeah, it might have to do because, you know, our passports are only good in certain places right now. And if it's not one of those places, although it it did look like there were some tropical destinations, although more touristy ones. So you probably wouldn't get the same type of, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of reasons, but, um, yeah. Um, a couple of the things I've been watching, while not reality, like I'm into kind of true crime a lot or unsolved mysteries, which leads me to the unsolved mysteries <laughs> reboot on Netflix, which is awesome. I remember watching that as a kid and um, I, you know, and I, they've really up leveled it. Like I thought it was really well done. I want to say it's like maybe eight different episodes. And of course they end with like a humdinger of a UFO abduction story, <laughs> which I'm just going to say t- took place in kind of the Western mass area, maybe 50 years ago now and had multiple events, like maybe five or six events night within like six mile locations of each other. And it was crazy because I'd never heard about it before. And um, I have a friend that lives there. I did summer theater in that area one year. And I was like, who knew? It was kind of crazy. Um, And then I'm also watching, it's an HBO called I'll Be Gone in the Dark about the Golden State Killer. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Have you been watching this? Um, oh, well, I had an abort. This became a uh, point of uh, contention between my wife and I. Oh. Um, I just, this was just too upsetting to me. Really? Yeah. I, there was just something about, you know, I don't know. Gosh, I could get emotional just thinking about, but just the th- when that when uh, Pat that's about Pat Oswald's wife or yeah. right, she passed yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and it just the fact that it was his wife passed away. What you know, this serial rapist that she was going after. Um, the podcast angle. I don't know what it was. But it's one of those rare shows. And I mean, gosh, we've talked about how hard it is um, to watch Handmaid's Tale, right? 
which is yeah, a show that you yeah. cover and have a podcast about. And I yeah. think this one, we're about half an hour into it, Gina. And I literally turned to my wife and I said, honey, I love you. I know you love watching this. She was so into it. I was like, I am like going to have a panic attack or something. I just, I can't watch this. It's just too upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was fascinated with this case when I first heard about it. And that's part of what this is about, too. It's like, this is prolific serial rapist and murderer in in modern time. And no one had really heard about them. It was, you know, you hear about Son of Sam and Zodiac Killer and everything else. And so part of the whole thing is just about her bringing it to public attention that this guy been caught well he has now we know but um but i just think it's you know this happened in the area i live now it happened in mm. sacramento where i have a lot of friends that that live now in yeah. fact i think one friend was living like two streets away from this oh. guy when they found him you know and um there was even a report he'd been up in the redding california area which is like an hour from where you know i grew up and so i felt very personally and even before they caught him, like, I'm like, I want to help find this guy, you know? Um, so, so yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting and well done, but yeah, it's very sad. Just the fact that she's passed away and it seemed like she and Patton Oswald have this really great relationship and, wow. you know, you're kind of, you, you're watching it with the knowledge she's no longer with us, um, That's which, th- which yeah. makes it harder. Yeah, I, I, You know what, Gina? I think that if it was a straight-up doc on the case, I could have compartmentalized in the sense of, okay, I'm watching a true crime. You know, I'm interested in the mystery here, and I hope there's a positive conclusion, right? And I'm interested in the journey that they took. But the addition of that it's really the documentary is like half and half. It's kind of a documentary on her and an ode to her and an ode to people who have like a personal sense of justice um, as much as it is the story of the case itself. At least that's what I gathered from the half hour, 45 minutes that we watched. Um, And, that's what kind of just made it real. I, at some point, you know, maybe I'll go back and watch it. I don't know. I think my wife will watch it on her own, but it was just the, the fact, like you said too, that was what was so upsetting to me too, is that someone could this many, it's like the child murders that we talk about in on that are coming up in Mindhunter that this thing could happen. And then people just ignore it, you know, and that the, the, the uh, clues aren't put together to even see that there's a pattern when it's so obviously in front of everyone Um, and the denials that took place. It's just really, really difficult to watch. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned it because I think it's definitely worth watching. Um, And there was, there was a podcast element to this too, wasn't there? Did she do a podcast along with the blog or am I getting that mixed up? No, you know, I'm not sure if she did or not, but they do have a lot of her voice, uh, like both, you know, kind of 
uh, video recording and audio recording for this. So I don't know if it came from like an audio book or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. They have so much content with her uh, physically present in it for, for this. So. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. And that was what I think the thing too, is I was following along on Twitter when that all happened and you know, that was just, Man, that's just like my fear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just so, yeah. so hard. I got to give that dude credit. You know, that guy, Patton Oswald, he's a kick ass dude. And she mm-hmm. was too. I mean, yeah, yeah, so but, smart. Yeah. And to have that type of dedication to help people. And she wasn't doing it so she could write the book or do whatever. She was doing it just like she had to do it, you know, with like an, like, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, that kind of mystery side, I talk about this with Lachlan now, like people are problem solvers. Yeah. And it was just like, that was like her art, her expression too, you know? Yeah. Um, to figure that case out. But, um, all right, we got another case to figure out. <laughs> what and is that, the best show on TV? Question uh, mark. Yes. The brackets, baby. And I first want to give a shout out, of course, to Andy who has been doing just a magnificent job. Ando, you are the man. Um, He even furnished Gina and everyone on our Facebook page with like a brand new super bracket so we can see it all. And I'm, I'm looking at it in front of me. I know it's, this is, I I feel like I'm betting horses at the Talladega or something. I'm like, (laughs) this is, is that, did I mix up two things there? But, um, we are down to yeah. like the finales here. Um, I know we've had some pretty surprising um, uh, uh, wins and losses and votes. It's fun to see everyone's comments. That's the best part too, and also um, just to see like. Uh, it was fun that Andy's wife joined and she's been making fun of him in the comments. And that's always beautiful. I know. She's like, you're sleeping on the couch. How dare you <laughs> against each other? <laughs> that's what, you know, I even said that to my wife the other night. I was like, you know, honey, you could be like Andy's wife and maybe comment on my Facebook page. But we'll see. We're, we'll see. Hopefully it doesn't cause any problems in the Foley household. Um, but before we do that though, I know that you had, cause part of this, and we talked about this a little before we started and Andy and I talked about it on the first pod was that part of the fun of doing this, um, is to see what ideas people have about different ways it could have been done, other shows that could have been included. And this was in general, kind of like an experiment in itself. And that's why Andy's so cool. And that's why we're all, it's a fun thing to be involved in is to see the ways that it could have been different or what other ideas people have. And he's been thinking about some future brackets to do. And I know that you had some ideas of shows that could have been included and maybe, so let's kind of have just a little brainstorming session um, and I'd love to hear some shows that you think were missing or what you think overall, some critiques, some compliments about the bracket so far. So from a brainstorming perspective, well, let's do bracket so far, just because I think it's so interesting. Like I'm looking at 
the Heath Solo Showdown bracket actually here in the notes. And honestly, half of the shows on here, I'd never even heard of before. Lodge 49, Party Down, Farscape, and Terriers. No clue what those are <laughs> at all. At all. So um, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, and then we've got this kind of classic drama, which is interesting too. Um, which is kind of a blend of detective and um, sci-fi, I guess. Which is, you know, okay. So I'm like, okay. The one where we vote on comedies, which is such a friend's title. <laughs> I mean, awesome. You know, which, uh, you know, more from much more familiarity here. I think a lot of these were more mainstream. I don't know who I'm going to vote for when it comes to friends versus the office. Do you still have me, Axel? Shoot. Oh, are you still there? Yeah, I had just muted okay. myself. Oh, okay. I was like, oh no. Um, so that one is much more interesting. You know, then we've got HBO Can't Lose. Well, of course. Um, uh, yeah, which all of these I'm, I'm familiar with. Um, I don't really believe it's come down to Chernobyl in the finals here, but whatever. Um, Not uh, a Chernobyl fan, or do you think that's a kind of recency bias? You know, um, I think um, I think it's a little more of a recency bias, and I also have a huge problem with the way they rolled that out because they gave us, I think, the first three episodes, and it was only like a four-episode thing, right, which were so – maybe it was five, but they rolled out like everything except the last episode at, or maybe the last two episodes at once. And somehow it killed the momentum for me. Like it was fine. And I continued on, but I felt like it was almost like too much after whatever. I, I don't know. There was something just the way about that that bothered me because I'd kind of moved on to something else and it was great, but um, I'm, I'm biased towards Band of Brothers just because I think that whole series was also kind of a very first of its kind type of storytelling um, and is so memorable for me. Like, and, and some of this memory too with a lot of these shows, like, and we'll get to the Sopranos Breaking Bad thing in a minute, but, you know, Band of Brothers, I just remember so many of those characters so vividly. And Chernobyl, I'm like, yeah, this is just about a bunch of Russians that really screwed the pooch. You know? <laughs> um, that's interesting because that's almost like you have like an anti-recency bias, which is I think the way it, the way it rolled out right? You, it kind of got jumbled. You maybe were watching something else. Maybe if, you know, five years from now, if you had a chance to like say, oh, maybe I should watch that again and then get more, you might think that. But I agree with you in the sense that that's what I felt. That I'm glad you said that, Gina, because that is a little bit of a way that I felt about Chernobyl. I felt that the show was absolute, and right now, so with this was in the HBO can't lose bracket. We had the first round was Chernobyl versus Sharp Objects. Chernobyl won eighteen to five. Then it then going against it is Band of Brothers and Maniac. Band of Brothers won fifteen to four. Then 
Chernobyl beat Band of Brothers 17 to 12 to make it into the finale with Watchmen that yeah. beat People versus OJ. I think both of these are a little too recent. Um, yeah. And I think with Chernobyl, what I agree with you on is Band of Brothers. I remember characters like you were saying, there was a historical perspective. There was an, I had time to like get to know the characters on Chernobyl. I, I, I think of Jared Harris and that's kind of like the whole thing for me. I know there are a lot of other characters in it, but it was a great production um, but I felt like, I don't know if it was the subject matter, um, but I just, I didn't get the, I loved it, but I didn't get the same charge, you know, out yeah. of a kind of holistic feeling for the program. Yeah. And I think there's something else with Band of Brothers, like very emotionally attached to the characters and, um, and also, there's also kind of a point within that where they're over there, they're freezing their butts off, you know, people are, they're losing people, people are having mental breakdowns, and they're kind of like, why the hell are we really even here? You know, I feel like there was kind of that moment at one point, like, you know, we're over here, and then they stumble across the concentration camp. Yeah. And that was just such a huge moment for me. I'll never forget it. And just kind of the resonance on all their faces, like, yeah, this is why we've been here this whole time. This is absolutely fucking barbaric, um, you know, versus a government cover up. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You That's know? It's like I'll a high. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying with Band of Brothers. Yeah. There was like a high and a low. There's like a depth with Chernobyl. It's kind of like from the get go you're like, this is just going to go downhill. Yeah. You know, and th that is unfortunate because they're both true stories, but I guess there's a way you can kind of tell the story. I don't know how they could have told the story any different in Chernobyl. And I think it was great, but I wonder as time goes on, uh, the kind of attachment, especially with television, which, you know, admittedly it is, it, it's, it's art it's expression, um, but there is also people do derive a certain um, reflection or comfort, or you want to be maybe a little bit uh, uplifted, um, you know, yeah. like like if it's going against Watchmen. Watchmen, in the same sense, deals with very dire issues, which don't yeah. seem to be getting any better, but there's a sense of hope. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Um, uh, then we have the second chance bracket. So <laughs> dark kind of lost me midway through the second season. And I started watching the third season and uh, I stopped midway into the first episode just because I'm like, honestly, right now the best part about the show is when people are having sex. Um, <laughs> well, it's real. They keep on. Up. It's the same. There is one thing about dark. I'm, it's interesting you mention it because it's always the redhead. 
She it, it really is. She gets around. I mean, she's <laughs> absolutely stunning. But it's oh, I felt like the first time I was like, okay, are we going to see other people? But then it was like, no, they kept on coming. I guess her also and Jonas's mom. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I won't go too far into that. And I but I loved Dark, though. I have to say, I loved it. I'll I'll get around to it at some point. And then also this leftovers. So. I'm going to tell you now that I stopped watching The Leftovers midway through the first season when the the priest or the reverend went to the casino and lost all the money. And I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't. And I stopped. Um, I was a huge fan of Six Feet Under, though. Um, it's another one where I was incredibly attached to the characters. And I think the last season is probably one of the strongest lessons of any series I've ever seen, particularly the last two episodes and particularly the last 10 minutes of six feet under wrecked me, like just wrecked me. I was a sobbing mess. I was like watching my sister's dog at the time who that was very concerned. Um, but yeah, I was uh, a huge fan of that show. So this one is like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll do a eeny, meeny, miny, mo, maybe. Although probably I've seen more of Dark, so I'd probably go with Dark. Yeah, you know, um, getting into the finale here for the second chance, Dark versus Leftovers, and Dark is a late addition because it just ended. Right. I think there is a little bit of a recency bias there. You had Dark against Boomtown, which was a kind of an old favorite put in there maybe you know this is a this is kind of a hodgepodge bracket justified versus family ties this is not like this is a hard one because you have shows going against each other that are different but i kind of like that i like when i have to you know people say like comparing apples to oranges but i always like that i think that's kind of interesting i think when you they are both television shows you know and if I yeah. was sitting there, I would could choose: do I want to watch Justified or do Family, or which one do I think was more successful at what it could, the greatest it could be, you know? Um, but it came, to, but that was a tie. So Dark Justified Family Ties went at it, and out came Dark, and that is a weird. Yeah. If any three shows, Dark versus Justified, they're very different. Yeah. Um, completely different, but I do actually like, I think dark is really great. And I think, I hope you do give it another shot because, um, though there is the sexy parts there, the way it ends, I think is satisfying. Oh, more than satisfying. I mean, I think they did, they not, they didn't stick the landing. They like invented the landing they did their own thing and they made it work and it was it's beautiful and i think it's satisfying and when you look back on the show there you could say it's you know people complain it's super confusing you know they got it's like getting in on itself maybe take itself too seriously blah blah i don't think so at all i think that they really crafted something or it's actually one woman i believe who wrote it uh, is really the spearhead behind it. She re- there's a purpose behind it, and it, it's similar to Lost, which I will. It's I can't really compare it because they're so different. But in the sense that, in the end, I think 
what dark is, is it's called dark, but it really is a show about love. And I think that kind of that beauty comes out towards the end, but they have to keep up the frantic pace to get you there because it is telling a crazy complicated story. As far as six feet under versus the leftovers, I got, I'm always going to go with Damon. I'm just, I'm a sucker. I admit it. You know, I mean, a Jersey boy's got to stick together. Six feet Uh under is amazing though. I can't, there's, I cannot say one bad thing about it. It is, it's like, I say it would be hard. I don't, you know, I'm not as good as Heath with my, my top fives and tens. I guess his change too. But I always would say six feet under is like top five. And you're absolutely right. The six feet under finale is perfect. It's, pro- I, it's yeah. probably the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I was bawling so hard. I was like, in, incons- like, I was shaking by the end of that finale. I think I just turned off the TV and I had to like walk outside and catch my breath because I was so overwhelmed. Yeah. It's very overwhelming for sure, but it leaves nothing unknown. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so brilliant. And it, it also is just with every episode starting with the way someone dies to end with the way all the remaining characters die is just yeah, it does. I just got chills saying it because it was so, uh, you know, I, I still, I can remember certain scenes of that, like right now as we're going through, you know, as we're talking about it, it's yep. just um, really sticks. It was, but. it was absolutely beautiful. There will be no uh, sequel to Six Feet Under. No. no. <laughs> There's no, no Six need. Feet Under expanded universe on its way. No need. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> though HBO wow. Max is now in the business of uh, doing everything they can. They're gonna. Do you know that they're doing another Batman show based off the new Batman movie? That the new Batman movie that um, Edward is going to be in? Edward Colin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Yes, Robert Pattinson. I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. great. That's the only reason. As soon as I found out he was going to be in it, I was like, okay, I want to see it because he's, he's in it. A really good pick for it. Yeah, he's a fantastic yeah. actor. Um, but they're going to do. <laughs> is he? I don't know. I, I, you know, I was I was always more team than Team Edward for the Twilight movies, but they're both really good looking. And I rewatched the Twilight movies recently and I'm just like, he's, he's, he's so handsome. He's really so <laughs> handsome. I can't stand okay. it. Almost. I'm like, why did Kristen Stewart ever leave this man? Um, anyway. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he never struck me. I, I That's interesting. He never struck me as... I never got that about him. I thought he was an interesting looking dude. I just thought that he was actually a really good actor. I mean, she's a really good actress too. She's yeah. fantastic. And they're perfect in that role. Yeah. And it actually kind of watching the last couple of movies makes me sad. They didn't work out because they had such great, they had something as a couple, but he's also an interesting musician. Like he, he does music stuff and um, they're artists. You know, and they just got yeah. that. Those, you know, I can't say I was a huge fan of those movies. 
I watched all of them because I, I watch everything. They were okay. I just well, could never so get much better, so much better than the books. And I think that's why <laughs> I, I read during a very down point. Oh, man. Yeah. But, I just um, can't get over the fact, like I just, they never talk about the fact that he's like hundreds of years old and she's like 15. Well, no, they, they talk about it. She says once, why am I dating such an old man? like a little bit more of a like when he brings like when he brings her home to the family they'd be like dude could you at least like you know imprint or whatever on an adult you know and then again then the wolf falls in love with a baby it was just very i know it was strange (laughs) the mormon woman wrote it what do you expect yeah it was yeah anyway um, there was some weird a, stuff in that. Talk about yeah. dark. All right. Um, but moving on. Yeah. Six feet under leftovers. I got to go. And then leftovers versus dark. This is very hard for me. I'm going to go leftovers. I love yeah. dark, but I just, I have to have undying love for Damon Lindelof. I just have to. Yes. Well, then we know what you're going to pick in this next bracket then. Where, where are we going to now? Oh, I'm looking at Lost. Oh, okay. In, uh, the Dharma Invitational Tournament. Yes. Tournament. And maybe that's just saying everyone else can come, but we know who's really going to win this one. Yeah. This what? Yeah. This is like we talked about not including Lost, um, but it also is a pretty substantial winner against House and Downton Abbey. Law and Order versus Downton Abbey was close, twelve to fifteen. Twin Peaks blew away Friday Night Lights. Oh, well, Twin Peaks is a kind of a first of its kind in terms of, I mean, it's David Lynch. It really wasn't on for that long. Like this could have easily went in the shows that ended too soon bracket because I think it ended because the network was just like, David Lynch, we're not ready for this level of freakiness. But um, it, it was kind of the first one that left you with like such a, like cliffhangers at the end of each episode that just left you not able to sleep you out in a type of way like i that's what i remember from it um oh production wise right yeah i mean it's way ahead of its time and really the first time that they in in the modern era because i mean if you think about like so many great directors worked on television beforehand but after it had become so fully commercialized to then let David Lynch just kind of go hog wild. But the thing is Twin Peaks and that's why, uh, I mean, it keeps on going, but I think I may have voted for West Wing in the second round because I think I did too. Yeah. Uh, I think Twin Peaks is one season. It's a great first season. The second season is, I mean, it's still great uh, production wise, but as far as television goes, I think West Wing was actually overall a better show, even though in many ways it was kind of hokey and this, but I love the West Wing. I well, absolutely and, and, love it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I actually recently rewatched it because I've wanted to have a sense of leadership in my life. And, um, <laughs> and Aaron Sorkin's just, he's brilliant with dialogue. Yeah. I mean, he, he, it's just, he's sharp. He's, so smart like I think a lot of times West Wing and he does like even the newsroom is just over people's heads because he's so he's just so smart and he's I don't know he's got a a good knack for storytelling I mean 
even the social network he did about Facebook. It was yeah. just like such a smart movie. Um, uh, he's fantastic. I mean, everything yeah. he's done has been great. And whether or not um, people pan it like what Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip which I watched every, I mean, I think I've watched every episode of everything he's done for TV. Oh, I wow. still thought that that was a fantastic show, even though it was really weird. And I think it was just him working out like a relation. I mean, I guess maybe that's a lot of this stuff. He always works out his relationships in the show, but overall, even after yeah. he left the West wing, it wasn't a terrible show. Yeah. It was still actually pretty good. Yeah. It held up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that the people that had been working with him and that they chose to continue it um, did a did a decent job and tried to stay true, not completely maybe in the sense that, you know, he was such a one-man show. It's hard to stay true to somebody when they're it's at their whim, but it was – it still continued. But um, yeah, Twin Peaks versus Lost – I mean, I'm probably going to go lost here. Of course, I'm going to vote for lost. Yeah, I mean, I probably am too, just because it was a longer series. It was also kind of the first of its kind in a way. Like, we've never really seen anything like lost before. Original Um, talent. That's, you know, that's a lot to be said. Yeah. Um, Not only just the circumstances that were surrounding the show being greenlit and you know jj abrams but man, it's damon baby i mean like it's the it's like the foundation of a kind of new creative mind being born on this show it's so unique what more can you say about lost it's a drama it's a comedy it's a sci-fi it's a horror show it's a supernatural mystery it's everything it's lost baby I got excited. Um, Hey, wait, before we go any further, you had a bunch of shows that you think are missing from this. And we wanted to talk more about what changes you might. I want to hear some of your ideas about what could be different. So one idea I had just for the way we set up the bracket, maybe if we do it again, we look at it decade by decade first, and then Mm. it kind of comes down to maybe some top ones and categories. And I think that might help take the recency bias out of some things, um, perhaps. Um, but I also just think like looking back to my childhood and even before, um, and I did go on and look to see kind of what shows had won Emmys that we did not include in this. Um, and some that won Emmys and some that I just remember from my childhood were Who's the Boss? Love it. Uh, Little House on the Prairie. John Boy. No, that's Walton's. Little House on the Prairie is uh, Laura Ingalls. (laughs) Laura Ingalls. uh, I was trying to do a thing where I just say something quick and I messed up on the second one. It's okay. Little House on the Prairie, I actually watched an episode of that about a month ago with Lachlan because there is a show, there's a channel called i n s p like it's i guess inspiration or something oh yeah yeah <clears throat> excuse me but it sounds like it's like a religious channel or something but really it's just country stuff and it's like old westerns and little house on the prairie and stuff and we watch and i was like man you know what this was a good ass show it really was like it's very like at one point my sister and i are like what are wrong with kids today? And I'm like, not enough little house on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I so watched lucky. it while I was a kid. 
you know, yeah. like with the teacher. And they had an interesting way of presenting their moral dilemmas that yeah. seem yeah. foreign to us today. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good show. Yeah. Um, a couple others I had that are old school, and I don't even know when these really ran, but I know I watched the reruns, um, at least Happy Day and Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. Like a couple of old classics. And then I also put on here, though I never watched it, but it, it looked like from an Emmy perspective, it, it won several years, the Mary Tyler Moore show, um, which some people might be into and they might be going, oh, yeah. yeah that was, um, of course. So I watched uh, all the time. My mother loved Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Um, that was inspirational. Speaking of inspiration, that was groundbreaking. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that kind of leads me also into lack of kind of female representation in this bracket. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I'm calling you was, out, Ando. There, well, <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't really recognize that a lot of these were missing at first. And there are a few that I've never watched, like um, from an Emmy perspective, um, Murphy Brown. Yeah. Closer. <clears throat> Um, and Nurse Jackie. Closure? Uh, the Closer. Oh, The think, Closer. Yeah, Kira Sedgwick. Oh, right? Kira Sedgwick. And when she had the um, Southern accent. Yeah. And yeah. then there that was also um, Medium, which I did watch and loved with Patricia Arquette. Okay. Um, Allie McBeal, which was also oh. a weird or unbreaking show at the time. Definitely. Like her the music interspersed and it was a launch pad for so many careers. When you look back at that, like um, not necessarily her, although she was a big star at the time, but um, you know, you had a uh, Portia de Rossi and Lucy Liu and uh, Oh, I think her name is Jenna something that went on to be in 30 rock. Like it was, it was a great, um, it was a really great cast. Um, Most definitely. I, I think I watched the first two seasons of Allie McBeal. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of tapers off. There was but... the spinoff with James Spader. Uh, no, that? that's a, I thought that was a different. Boston Legal or something? Did that have something to do with Allie McBeal? Or is that um, is that the same creator? It might be the same creator. <laughs> they might have just both taken place in Boston. Oh, okay. Uh, um, also, and I don't know if this won any Emmys, but, and I never watched it, but I know tons of people are fans of it. The Gilmore girls. Ah, yes. Um, and then we also have things like ugly Betty, which is a mm -hmm. phenomenal show. Um, orange is the new black, which yep. is actually fairly recent. Definitely. Um, uh, desperate housewives, which was fun. Oh, I don't know. that was one. I think I yeah. watched three seasons of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, everything kind of starts hot, though, right? Like, yeah. it's hard, I think, a show to end really strong. Um, I also want to put in Scandal in there. From, okay. And this is also... Shonda. People of color. Shonda, yeah, Shondaland. Really kind of the first primetime show with a, a, a black woman lead in it. Um and she, of course, also did Grey's Anatomy, which I think we kind of left off of our shows that have been on yeah. forever. Still a great show and um, had a lot of great people on it. Um, and then I have a few others that I just thought, oh, 
there was controversy over adding the Cosby show into this, but I still think it's probably worth a place in the bracket in spite of the creator. I, you, know. you know what, Gina? I agree with you. Yeah. It's so hard because you know what? I've been thinking about this a lot more lately. Um, and I mean, I guess this goes along with like cancel culture, or the discussion of that, which is just a newfangled way of saying, how do we deal with when great artists are not great people? Yeah. Um, and that it goes to, for whatever they did, whether it's a crime against humanity or the way they treated their family or whatever it is they did, right? Or a crime that they were co- convicted of. It's so difficult because if you go back, I mean, like, then should we throw out the Picassos or, you know what I'm saying? Like, should, right. when you look, I mean, you, Do we get rid of all of Harvey Weinstein's movies that he ever touched? Exactly. I mean, you it's, have, it's, <laughs> it's such a personal thing. And I think that yeah. we've been, we said a couple times about the, the brackets of recency bias. I think that's a case in which that's okay. And I don't think it's recency. I don't think it's a bias. I think it's a, um, emotional, it's an empathetic acknowledgement that things that have happened more recently, we're still working through Yeah, as yeah, people. I think, I think that's true. You know, and I think it's, it's okay to say there's a difference there. And it doesn't mean that we have to erase the negatives, but it may mean that for a little while we put that to the side and we shine the light on something that didn't get attention. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's the way I kind of think about it. And as yeah. far as what you were saying about the brackets in itself, um, having kind of more male dominant, maybe even anti-hero vibe, which goes along with the rise of peak TV, right? Yeah. Um, but we're seeing a, that a difference happening now where we're seeing more shows uh, with women and minorities that basically aren't focused on white men, right? And mm-hmm. the damage they do. Um, which a lot of these shows are breaking bad Sopranos, Mad Men, right? Um, but look at this whole, this podcast network really kind of started with Heath and I, right? DJ, but now we're glad to have people, uh, you, Jenny, Sarah, other female voices, different people's voices. Um, I was, it was awesome for me to have an opportunity to cover a uh, watchman with Roberto and have his perspective into it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but you bring up a good point and I think that that's something we can learn about ourselves um, and not, uh, you know, be uncomfortable or shirk away from and say that, that those there are, when we look at the something and we give it legitimacy, we are doing it from a perspective. It doesn't make us, you know, good or bad, but we have to acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think that that's cool. Cause you mentioned a lot of the shows and I feel the same way about, um, and it's in no way comparatively, but it's in the same kind of area, which is, uh, my reality shows got, got, uh, totally like shivved. And I actually, like where's million dollar listing. I honestly think Um, million dollar listing is one of the greatest TV programs. I love it. I mean, I love top chef. 
as oh, well. Top Chef. And then also I had on here, but Top Chef is still going. Yeah. I guess, you know, but maybe these are all still going. Out, trip, yeah, reality. Trip. But I thought also Project Runway is still going, but not with Tim and Heidi anymore. So we could even yeah. have thrown in old school Project Runway. True. I had true. Yeah. yeah. And that's another one. Actually, Andy. Um, and this is all a learning process. This is so fun. Yeah. It, it gets, you know, like I said, the whole idea behind this was just something to give us to talk to do. about. Yes. So, yeah. Well, um, and I think, yeah, I think we could do it again. And I have yeah. a few more. I'm just going to oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, loved every episode I watched. The Killing. Yeah. The Fall. Glee, mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy. Assassination of Gianni Versace, Ryan Murphy. Uh, and American oh. Horror Story. Yeah, I think that that it, the, the the thing does ring true for that is every other season is good, but <laughs> they have done some great seasons of that show. They have. I really, it's so weird. That, that's another one I stopped watching when. Um, oh God, it was the hotel season and the person was in the mattress like 10 minutes in. I'm like, I'm done yeah. with this. I'm not watching this. But um, I love- That was the lady got, that was an off season. I did not, that okay. was, yeah. Yeah. And then I have the newsroom. Oh, love Which that. I loved. Yeah. And then Orphan Black, which I don't know mm. if you've ever seen that or- I did. Week. I watched the fr- a season and a half. That- is amazing to watch just because that actress is so phenomenal. She's, She's on like, Perry like, Mason. Oh, is she? I yeah. haven't started watching it yet. Okay, yeah. good, good. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, she's phenomenal. She because she plays like six different versions of herself. Mm-hmm. And she is just as phenomenal in Perry Mason. She really sells. That's a great show. Um, and I think that uh, I should have mentioned that in the uh, beginning of the show, but I've been watching that and uh, Perry yeah. and I both really like that. It's a great yeah. show. I haven't, I haven't started it yet, but my mom was all into the mm-hmm. old school Perry Masons. So, uh-huh. Well, this is what's cool about this one is uh, I heard an interview with the showrunners where basically HBO came to them and said, we own Perry Mason. You want to make a show? And they were like, do we have to do that? They're like, do whatever you want. And they were like, okay. And they did whatever they wanted. And they didn't, he's not a lawyer. He's a PI. Maybe he'll become a lawyer. I'm not sure, but it's not beholden because they talked about like the original books. There's like 60 something books or even more than that. And they're just like really pulp fiction. They don't really go into, there's no mythology there. They were like really dime store novels, not to, they could be great. I'm not, I haven't read them, but they were just saying that they're not written to modern television. You know what I mean? Like the serialization. So they just made their own show. And uh, I mean, Gosh, with uh, what's his name, Jonathan? I or I get the Reese. Every time someone has a Reese in their name, I confuse them with like three other guys. Yeah, the guy yeah. from the Americans. He's yeah. fantastic. He is great. Yeah, he's um, he's great. He's great in Americans. I'm excited to. Yeah, I haven't started watching it. So my my TV watch has been kind of all over the place during this, and it's like, what am I really in the mood for? Do I really want to start this now? You know, I think that's the thing with Dark, too. I started it, and I'm like, I just not feeling this right now. Oh, I so, know. I know what you're saying. I know. Did you have any more? Uh, those were all the ones okay. that, that 
kind of. I like it. I think that this is, this is good because Andy had some ideas and I think, um, uh, I like your idea of a decades one. I like, um, that I like, I think it would be fun to do uh, maybe things that are a little bit more specific. Um, yeah. And then he had great idea, which is best finale. Oh yeah. I think that's a good, if that, if that might've came up after this, like the six feet under, cause I think I yeah. commented, like, I'm like, dude, the last 10 minutes of that show. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's a great, uh, one. that's it. That'd be good. And, um, best characters to, so go like, have like a character off like, and that ooh, more yeah. so comes down to like favorites, but I think that's fun too. Yeah. Um, um, and then uh, another one idea that Andy had for future hall of famers, basically shows that are not done yet. So like you, you were saying a lot of shows that couldn't make it because they weren't finished. They're still airing. And that does, that's a problem with the reality shows is with, they never end. You know what I mean? Like what are the, the base, the base reality shows are like survivor, real world, real world. They're, I think they're still trying to do it on like Facebook or something. Yeah, I heard they were trying to bring yeah, that. Yeah, Survivor's back. still on, yeah. so it's like none of them have ever ended. But uh, yeah. I like that. I like your ideas, too, for maybe we even do um, m- more like network shows opposed to cable, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or even like the best of the best in each network, too, would be interesting. Um you know, even if they're still still running, because Hulu's so new, right? Like, ooh, I think that would be cool. Like, pretty much everything yeah. on that, unless it was like a one season. Oh, you know what else should have been on this? Um, God, that freaking crazy show they did on Hulu that was about Gypsy Rose. Oh man, I'm for that was the mother. What yeah. They call it the act. The, the act. act. I love oh, that, Gina. Oh, that I mean, was there's great. so much good TV now that it yeah. is really hard to kind of wrap your head. Yeah. And that out. is also like almost a mini series. Yes. Yeah. And there's some like that, like, well, unbelievable, you know, and maybe that's a, you know, it's kind of a one season storytelling and that's this, that's how it is with some of the Ryan Murphy episode, you know, uh, productions. And, um, there is also HBO did this, I think it was HBO or was it Netflix, a show called unorthodox. And I think it's only four or five episodes, but it's about a a woman who's born into, yes, an Orthodox Jewish community. And based on a true story, like, but that was a beautiful, if you haven't seen it, it's a beautiful little show. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I love that. You know, growing up in Jersey and spending so much time in New York, there's so many Hasidic people. And I was able to make friends with some people and just the whole culture there. I think that's what it's about, right? It's about the culture and it's about a woman escaping the culture. And, And it's kind of that what happens after she escapes the culture is, is different from what happened to the the woman that actually wrote this story, but it's still just beautiful. Um, yes. That's interesting. I always like things. Yeah. 
I always love when there's um, when you're able to have TV when you dive into like a whole different culture, world, society, just, you know, like club, when you get to see something that's like totally different from your everyday life. And I mm-hmm. think that Netflix, especially, that's why I love the idea of a, like a kind of original streamer stream off, like which streaming service has the best originals. But I think it just comes out like Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, or maybe best streaming show. Uh, but Netflix yeah. especially has so much stuff from overseas, from all around the world, different perspective. Like you can just go on there and they're really pouring a lot of money into bringing a lot of stories that you would like. I saw that come up and I was like, wow. And then I saw how much they were really pushing it too, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's really cool the way they do that. Um, I know you got to get going. But before we go, because we are going into the finale, I want to see, I want to get, let's just get our votes of these final uh, brackets. Cheers versus the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Cheers. I'm going with Cheers too. Seinfeld versus Chappelle show. Seinfeld. And I can have a whole conversation about why. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Seinfeld though. I love Chappelle. I think Chappelle is great moments. And Seinfeld is like history. I mean, Seinfeld is just the best ever. And the the thing, and this is why I say Seinfeld, and I think it will always go down as one of the most brilliant show, is that guy started running jokes in the pilot, which honestly was not funny at all. Like, you rewatch it, (laughs) and it's funny now because you're like, oh, he's a that egg, that egg, that egg, that egg, and carried it through to the very end. I mean, I think he's kind of brilliant yes. um love love jerry yeah. and i just i'm, I'm of course I, I you know just the whole lineage there i love all right x files versus fringe damn that is tough so i have to go with x files because i was obsessed with that show and i even went as dana scully for halloween one year oh okay all right yeah i'm going with fringe uh, i'm going on the other good, side i uh, yeah, yeah. I I I, uh, I did not go as Olivia Dunham uh, for uh, Halloween, but I loved Fringe so much, and it's I hate that it's like on IMDb Network or so, streaming. Sir, you, I wish Fringe was given like a remat. It doesn't really need a remat. Just something to like kind of reintroduce it to everyone because it's a, yeah. it, like Lost. It's just so weird. Like, how was Fringe ever on TV? I just feel like it was so weird. I, well, I don't know. Like I just loved it. Too. I mean, that was some out there crap. That's true. That's like, true. Like, I don't think X-Files would have happened yeah. if Twin Peaks hadn't happened. I think, you know, and Fringe is a nice Ooh, kind of follow-up. Good point. Show. Yeah, good. And both Fox, X-Files, and Fringe. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, Game of Thrones versus The Shield. Game of Thrones. I mean, Ooh. oh man, this is tough. Wow. I'm going to have to, you know what? I'm going with the shield. I love game of, Th- no, I have to go with game of Thrones. Come on. I love the shield though, but game of Thrones is come on. I yeah. got to go with game of Thrones. I'm going game of Thrones, but I love the shield. <laughs> I'm going back. Cause it's so, they're so different because game of Thrones is like 
the biggest show ever and, and the story and all the experiences um, of people with it. But then I think about the shield and I think about like a small team making a show on like a couple sets on the streets and it was just crazy. Great. Um, But I have to say, I mean, game of Thrones is like the most epic TV show ever. I'm going to have to go GOT baby. Yeah. Going to have to do it. And, you know, next week, I forgot to mention the beginning, Ken and I, Ken's coming back. And we're gonna, I saw that. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm going to rewatch, I think, at least the last two episodes. At least the, yeah, definitely the last two. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to all of a sudden watch, rewatch the whole last season. But I, I'm, it'd be fun to talk about it. Uh, like, it's, can you believe it's only been a year no, I cannot believe it's been a year. And I, at this point last year, I was podcasting about Handmaid's Tale 2, which <clears throat> doesn't seem that long ago. And, yeah. you know, they'll have something out in 2021, which I've watched the trailer for because you flagged that. But, um, yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Final Four cable, the main event cable drama. And I think the final two, I'm looking at the bracket and the final two aren't filled in, but I think it ended up being the wire and breaking bad. Yeah. First of all, the Sopranos should have been breaking bad. This is another (laughs) one where breaking bad was great in a lot of ways, but it was, there are really only a few characters that meant anything in this show. And Sopranos was so much bigger in terms of, kind of the like a family aspect and all the characters and who you got attached to and individual storylines. And plus maybe it was just cause I always hated fricking Scott. She was such an asshole. But, um, <laughs> oh no. But I look at, I look at, you know, um, I look at, uh, Carmela and it's like how, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just, and also I'm Italian, so I've got to go. I had to go with yeah. the promise. But I, I'll vote for Breaking Bad in the final of this if it's down to that in the wire. Yeah, um, that is a tough one. And, and Breaking Bad pretty convincingly 27 to 8 uh, beat the Sopranos. No. I think that also has to do with a little bit of recency bias. Yeah, like yeah. Sopranos was more than 20 years ago now. Yep. Uh, that's something that is hard to uh, – like when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that is true though. Yeah, the Sopranos is old school now. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember. I think I went Sopranos here, Jersey style. Um, I love Breaking Bad. This is like, I can't even decide this. It's just like The Wire versus Mad Men. I mean, I guess, I guess I gonna, I get, you know, I guess I would go The Wire and The Sopranos, and then I'm gonna just keep going with The Wire as the best show because that's what I've been saying for a long time. But then I have, I, this makes me want to re examine my entire life, Gina. Is basically no. what I'm saying. I don't because Mad Men. There's an aspect to American masculinity, being a father, and just you know, I don't know. Now being a dad, and it's a little bit later. Looking at Mad Men, the brilliance behind it. But then there's certain aspects to Mad Men that I 
felt weren't really fully explored that the wire does. It's just a weird tandem there, you know, and the Sopranos versus breaking bad is also, they're so similar. This just, this turned out perfect really. Um, and I just, this was, this is like the, uh, the Dharma initiative one. And this, these were all great shows and to see how people went, but it's surprising to me that it's eight to 25 that the wire beats Mad Men and 27 to eight that breaking bad beats the Sopranos. But yeah, I guess I, I guess I think I went Sopranos. I may have thrown in for Mad Men, but I don't know. This is, these shows are all fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Soprano, I, I see what you're saying because the more that better call Saul becomes just outdoes itself. And with the way it's going now, with the way the finale of the last season went, I do see looking at breaking bad how Better Call Saul is like the Sopranos version of Breaking Bad, where they really got into the characters, where right. there was a lot of Breaking Bad was um, getting the person from A to B, was process, you know, well, it, and clockwork and, and like story beats. Yeah. And something else that I think is so interesting about Breaking Bad when you look back is, you know, so Sopranos, because it had kids that were somewhat young when it started, they actually aged appropriately in t- in terms with the seasons. Yeah. Being bad, I think, what, was it six seasons? But that really only took place, I think, in the timeline of Breaking Bad over something like the course of like a year and a half or two years. Like yeah. I think it was less. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. There was a time yeah. jump. Um, but the it majority like, of it, you're right. Yeah. It's like about a year or so. Yeah. It was, and that was kind of crazy. I was like, Oh my God. And so when you think about that, I'm just like, wow, his primary goal really was just to make a shit ton of money in this, and this time. And, and part of that is also like, could this actually realistically happen? Like someone comes up with a product that's so good. They like take down a Mexican cartel within the course of 12 months. I <laughs> well, mean, that, I mean, it's still, you're right. It's still TV. But I, I think, but you, but what you, what you, what you're mentioning is, is, is kind of goes ex- along with what I was saying, which is like breaking bad. So condensed. And it's like, we, we got to get the story to this point. And the Sopranos feels like, yeah, like a I don't know, like Breaking Bad almost is like perfect, like fast food or something. Where the Sopranos was like this great Italian meal, but I well, can't, yeah. you yeah. know, it's hard. It's like it's so processed. Oh my God. You're right. So, so Breaking Bad was the fried chicken franchise. Yeah. As to the Italian restaurant of oh, his I friends, didn't see. They always, there you go, Gina. Yeah, for generations, and that's something else about Sopranos. Like, I'm into the story in the middle. There was there were there was a whole generation of story before we get to where we're at with the Sopranos. There's likely to be a whole generation afterwards. Yep. You know, but yep. Meadow was going to become a lawyer. To I think eventually defend the family business, right? Yeah, which is 
nuts, but that's, you know, so it is a big, long, Oh, I'm sure HBO Max is already. You know, they're doing. He's did. He shot a prequel. Um, I heard that. Yeah, wow. and I think I think uh, um, James Gandolfini's son yep. is playing him in that prequel, he which is. I'm dead ringer. Oh my god, crazy. Yeah, uh, but this is still a tough one because even though I would describe Breaking Bad and the I, I stand by what I said. I think there's aspects of. To like almost over process in it that they worked out the kinks with Better Call Saul and they got so into character and depth. Um, yeah. And uh, especially with Kim Wexler. But I think that it's still a brilliant show. So it doesn't take anything away from Breaking Bad. Um, but I do love this. I have to do a rewatch on The Sopranos. The Sopranos is almost at some points, it's like. Gosh, it's so Jersey and it so reminds me of growing up that I just, it's oh, it's like I have to kind of emotionally prepare myself. But then I start, because I think I've watched the whole series like three times, but oh, it's been see, a while. I, I'd only watched it once and I think I, I, I started it on like DVD, right? Um, yeah. And then I did rewatch it when it hit the 20 year mark. Cause I think I'd asked you, Hey, are oh, okay. you going to do anything with Sopranos? Cause it's 20 years. And I rewatched the whole thing then. Um, well, maybe I should do that over the COVID um, break, get a little Sopranos. Yeah. yeah I rewatched West Wing and I rewatched office over COVID. I think there's something else I rewatched too, but it's not coming to me right now. Well, Certain, I need comfort TV. Yeah. <laughs> familiar that made me feel good <laughs> there you go there's nothing wrong with that but hey you know what made me feel good talking to you about tv gina yeah me too this awesome. was a lot of fun i know you got to get going we've we've been, done a long one here this was spectacular once again thanks to andy of course yeah. this is really this is working out a lot of fun and we have ideas for more stuff in the future and thanks for everyone participating taking part We've learned about ourselves today. We've learned about television. Gina, it's always just fantastic having you on. Thank you, of course, for your continuing patronage and the great podcast you've been putting out. I can't wait until when hand, when that trailer hit before it, I wasn't sure what was going on because whenever there's a show, I, I try to stay away from spoilers so I wasn't sure had they been shooting yet or what was re- – so then I was almost excited. Like maybe they'll give us like half the season. But no, Handmaid's Tale still, if we're lucky, 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they said, 2021. Yeah. Well, and I'm even more excited to see how this story progresses because the sequel to the Handmaid's Tale book, which is called The Testaments, mm. came out last September – and I'm, I actually just finished rereading it last night or this morning, um, I guess, when I was awake. And it's fan. Hulu's already optioned that story anyway. And so it's interesting because the first season was really just the book, The Handmaid's Tale. And now it's kind of like everything we've gotten from now on is going to fill in to the point of where we get to the Testaments picking up, which focuses on three main characters that exist in the show now. Oh, uh, some okay. more prominent than others, but it's, it's from a, it's a three person perspective and 
it's going to be fascinating to see how they run it up to this point. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. We shall see. All right. Well, we look forward to that. I look forward to talking to you again soon. And, uh, any, any final words? Um, I don't think so. Oh, I did watch season two of Hannah on Amazon, which I recommend which is great. We're halfway through it. I, I like it. Do you know that that is, um, um, I always forget her name. Samantha Morton's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Hannah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't either. My wife told me, she's like, you know, that's Samantha Morton's daughter. And I was like, get out of town. And I looked it up and it, and her father is, um, a pretty well-known, British character actor. You've probably seen him in a bunch of different movies. He's usually like a cop or a detective or something like that, but uh, you'd recognize him too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, I thought oh. they did a good job with the second season. They, you know, and I love that it's shot all over the world. I love the locations they use. It's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, really good. No, um, yeah, she's a phenomenal little actress too. Sure. She's something okay. else. Yeah, she's got a bright future ahead of her. All right, we've got a bright okay. future ahead of us. Woo-hoo. As we end the show, thank you, Gina. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Check us out at dvrpodcast.com. This has been loads of fun. Go vote on the Facebook. Man, that's still a tough one. Still, gosh, the wire, madman, surprise. I don't know. All right, go to Facebook. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>